0: At this point, I think that this is our reverse engineered technology, potentially based on unidentified aerial phenomenon.
1: Welcome back. I'm here again with Ashton Forbes for the second part of our two-part interview on the MH370 disappearance. And... Possible theories around it. So, Ashton, where we left off in the last video is motivations. Like, I'm still highly skeptical that this is us because I don't really have a good motive. And also, it just superconductivity. I'm not, you know, I think that's plausible, but kind of the ability for these three orbs to be so well coordinated that they're able to decohere the plane with some form of advanced macro quantum physics, right? That's where it's hard for me to believe it's caused by human hands. So yeah. anyway, let's start with that.
0: Yeah. No pressure. Nice. nice to see you again, Sean. We'll jump right <laughs> yeah. on into it. But yeah. yeah welcome back. My understanding as well, which was that, you know, when I first saw this, I thought it had to be impossible. I thought back in 2014, I ignored the videos entirely. Now in 2023, I looked at it again and still thought, there's got to be something going on here because it just it seems too impossible. But as I dug into it and kind of realized that the videos had to be authentic from this huge list that we'll go through of what it would take to fake them, I realized, okay, they're real. But w- what does that mean if they're real? So for at least a week or maybe even two, I thought this has got to be non-human intelligence, just too exotic. We're seeing a lot of similar stuff that we see in UFOlogy. We're seeing these spheres that have been in the zeitgeist recently. We're seeing this triangle formation as well. And then again, the technology, I used to think this was a thousand years more advanced than where we're at right now. The more I've dug into it, I have started to realize that I think this is more like 50 to 100 years more advanced. And a lot of people will say that the military is 25 years more advanced. I never really took that seriously until now. And I'm looking at it going, okay, yeah, maybe there is technology out there that could be 50 years more advanced than the public is. So that's been my own kind of personal journey through the investigation as I've kind of dug into it. But let's go ahead and dig into some of the details of this. I think the first thing would be what it would take to hoax it. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen again real quick for you. And let's pull that up. Okay. So in this particular screen here, you can see this list that we created of things that would require to hoax the videos. So the first most damning part is the time frame that you have. For at least the first video, you have between four and 72 days after the event to be able to create it. Right. And this is between March 12th and March 19th. And that's if the US government or the people responsible are not the ones to create it. Now, the reason why it doesn't make any sense for them to create it is, what's the implication if they bring this out? First of all, they they have never brought it out, and they've been, if anything, they're hiding it still. But let's just play devil's advocate here and say, okay, U.S. government made this. to psyop. Well, if you show this to the public, what is a psyop? What are they public gonna believe? The public's not gonna believe that aliens are invading the world or whatever we might want this to indicate. They're just gonna say the government covered this up. Clearly, they knew what really happened to the plane. Right, So the whole PSYOP angle breaks down immediately. There's no scenario that it makes any sense. Now, unless you think Regicide Anonymous was somehow involved, then you have four days because they don't really have a reason to lie about the receive date. But if you think that they're involved, then you can bring this out to 72 days, theoretically, since that's the very first upload date based on the archive footage. This is an original work. There is not copying from something else. So when people copy paintings, master paintings that are out there, they're copying it from something that already exists. It's a lot harder to come up with something that's completely original.
1: When the United States and China clash, the world will never be the same, especially when forces beyond reality threaten to intervene. What if the United States went to war with the People's Republic of China? How would these rivals fight for supremacy on land, sea, air, and across the stochastic streams of time? What wonder weapons would be unleashed? What horrors would emerge from the irradiated sludge of the South China Sea? What heroes would rise and forever change the course of history? Tread into the deepest and darkest dimensions of the multiverse, gaze through a kaleidoscope of fractured realities, and bear witness to the disturbing visions of World War III from today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Weird World War, China Available now from Bain Books at
0: Bain.com. You'd have to know how to create these volumetric clouds that are all perfect. There's no discrepancies anywhere in any frame of this footage. You'd have to know how to accurately animate these cameras. You have to know how these cumulus clouds form at low altitudes. You have to know how to accurately light these because, again, the zap accurately illuminates the clouds that we see. You have to be able to recreate exactly what MH370 looks like. It's actually got the color tone of a Malaysian Airlines 777-200. It's light on the top, stark dark on the bottom in our satellite footage. You have to know the turn radius of the Boeing 777 at a certain altitude while in descent because we've been able to prove that that's basically maxing out the capabilities at some type of emergency landing event that we see going on in our videos. You have to know where exactly this plane was at the right time within this time frame that we have here. Again, so a lot of this information hadn't been made publicly available right away. But somehow the person that was creating this knew exactly that this plane was the Nicobar Islands at exactly this appropriate time. You'd have to know these accurate coordinate shifts that we see. You'd have to build that in as a separate program. And you'd have to know how to animate those coordinate shifts because it's not when the mouse moves, but they're using some kind of secondary like clicking, locking formation like I'm doing right here to move the screen around. You'd have to know what the weather was like in the Nicobar islands because we looked at the NASA weather satellites and we have been able to see that they had these low altitude clouds that were in the area around the exact same time. You'd have to know how to accurately create the smoke that we see coming from the back and the particles. In addition to the fact that the orbs, when they traverse through the smoke, they get accurately distorted as well. You'd have to know what the thermal looks like to a level that would fool the experts. You'd have to have better visual effects skills than Top Gun Maverick artists who waited on Reddit initially and so that even they had to cheat some of the stuff from that movie in 2022 and that the person that did this would have potentially front-loaded their work by at least four years. Then we also had a visual effects expert from Marvel who waited and said it would take at least six months for them to be able to collect all the information they needed to be able to produce what they needed using today's technology. In addition to this, which isn't written on here, I've had people tell me that it would take weeks just to render the 3D environment required in order to have two camera angles using 2014 technology. You'd have to have the knowledge of the military classified systems that wasn't known to the public at the time. You would have to have know that the military is using the Citrix environment, and for some reason have built in this frame rate difference between the mouse that is consistent with the frame rate of the Citrix session over the top of the six frames per second satellite that we see. This is the reason why the satellite's six frames per second because it's a very wide field of view that we've shown as being cropped. You would have to know that specialized mouse that they use. You would have to know what satellites are in US operation, what their payloads are, to be able to create the 3D stereoscopic imagery that we see and the false color IR that we see, which people people have had so little basis for that footage that they think we're looking up in those pictures. Somehow the leaker had to know exactly what kind of military assets, what the Cibre system did and what it looks like. They would have to know how to animate those orbs, including that forward facing particle engine that we see that we think is creating its own geodesics, which as far as I can tell, there's no basis anywhere in any footage to even think to create something like that. You would have to know what the MQ-1C Great Eagle looks like and what its payload is. In addition to that, you would have to know where in the payload that is exactly located to create that exact camera angle where we can see the housing right over the top of it as well.
1: To advertise on Through Glass Darkly, email darkly ads at gmail.com.
0: Now, going back to our visual effect, our VFX debunk, you'd have to know how not to use a low quality 90s video game 2 dimension VFX in a 3D environment. Because that doesn't make any sense. You need a 3D visual effect if you're going to do a 3D rendered environment. Perhaps most importantly, which is an on here, you'd have to know that we're never going to find the plane, not even nine and a half years later. Otherwise, this whole hoax would break down. So this huge list of information, essentially, in my mind, rules out the idea that this is somehow a visual effect that we're seeing here, that there's any visual effects with all in it. There's just basically no basis for it. And here's some images, including this one right here, which is the lead VFX from Top Gun Maverick weighing in. About, they would have done a better job than they did in 2022 if they had created this. And this was... These videos have been proven to be dated back to 2014. And I want to repeat that I saw the thermal footage in 2014. I didn't see both angles, but many other people also, probably thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, also saw this in 2014, which corroborates the dates. This isn't a situation where someone faked the dates and made it look like it was back from 2014. These videos actually come from 2014. So, what are your thoughts on that? What do you want to move on to next, Sean? Motive. Perfect. That's what I've got lined up here next. Yeah. So the motive, we talked in the first part about these freescale semiconductor scientists and engineers. To me, that's where the motive really lies in this. And we dug into and tried to figure out where can we find a connection. And there's going to be something else that I don't have written on here that I found out from a podcast yesterday, which is that these semiconductor scientists theoretically also were working on some microchips related to quantum computing that would utilize room temperature superconductivity. Apparently, that's how we're able to pull off quantum computing, or you have to very much cool the semiconductors to achieve that superconductive state. So if they did have these advanced microchips, that intellectual property would be extremely valuable, not just to the United States, but to foreign adversaries as well. Keep in mind, this plane was headed towards Beijing. So in this piece I wrote called Motive, Freescale Superconductors, I present the argument for this company being a superconductor company and not just a semiconductor company. A superconductor is just a semiconductor that achieves perfect superconductivity at room temperature, theoretically, so that you don't have to input extra energy in order to achieve the output that you want. Now, when we read some of these articles here, these were very important people, lots of experience and technical background. They were also going to China to be able to improve the factories and make them more efficient as well. I spoke to Chris from the Not So Deep podcast. He actually worked at Freescale Semiconductors back in 2014. He said these were extremely important people. This company was sold off the next year to NXP Semiconductors. So these are very top-quality people that are hard to come by. Now, we found what we think is the missing link that connects these people to the superconductors and the superconductivity that we potentially see in the technology in our videos. There was a 2005 National Security Agency report. In this report, it's basically looking at the emergence of superconductivity. Here's the cover for it. Superconducting Technology Assessment, National Security Agency, Office of Corporate Assessments. In this report, Freescale Semiconductors is listed nine different times. You can see some of the examples here and they're talking about their products and how close they are to achieving superconductivity. Here's another one talking about it. This is only a few of the examples I found in here. You can take a look at this report if you go look at my piece and you can take a look at yourself if you want. Now in this, it essentially concludes from the background, it says they're aiming for industrial maturity in 2010 to 2012. That's two to four years before our videos, before MH370. And then this last line of conclusions And what they're talking about here is superconducting rapid single-flux quantum technology. So this could be applying to quantum computing. This could even be applying to theoretically rotating superconductors that are able to create an electromagnetic force to potentially create this geodesics that we see. But it says down here, without such government investment, this development will not happen. Which also then I think presents the link between the government and the company and then the scientists here. So a lot of people want to know, why would you do this, right? Why are you saving the plane? Just let it crash. If you need to get rid of these people, this plane is doomed, as we talked about in the first part. If it crashes into the ocean, they're all going to die, probably. So really, the only motive to do this is to either test something out or to save these people, right? And you could argue from the test side, okay, well, if the plane's doomed anyway, and this doesn't go well, you know, no loss. The downside of that is now you have to build this whole cover story. Right for what really happened to the plane. That's a lot of effort. Now, from the saving them standpoint, you could say, okay, either we're trying to prevent them from going to China because if they get that technology, whoever controls this technology controls the world. To your point, I think, is that the reason why we have a hard time believing this is because it's so advanced. And that argument there is that whoever then owns that super advanced technology can't be stopped, not with military supremacy on this planet. So the idea would be that these people are very highly valued, that either we need them on our side, or we need to prevent the other side from getting a hold of them. So that's our motive behind this. And I've been consistent that I think everybody should believe whatever they want based on the evidence. You know, Everybody's going to have their own narrative that they think fits the best. And I've just been honest about what I think my personal opinion on those narratives are, which at this point, I think that this is our reverse engineered technology, potentially based on unidentified aerial phenomenon. because. I don't think we could have naturally as a human species got to this point without a lot of help. Which I think kind of maybe goes to your point, Sean, which is, okay, well, if it is ours, how could we possibly be this advanced? Well, the answer is we didn't get there naturally. We saw this technology and we were able to reverse engineer it from looking at it. Which would mean that these UAPs that David Grush has testified to in Congress that we potentially have, you know we looked at them and maybe it took 80 or 100 years, but eventually we figured it out. The last thing I would say on that is If you were to give a caveman an iPhone, they could use that iPhone for a few days, battery dies, they're never going to be able to use that. It might as well be a brick after that. Now, if you give those cavemen 100 years, would they be able to develop the material science to begin to create some of those same properties? Probably not. But if you get to a point where maybe they're more advanced, like we are now, and then you give them the iPhone, now you can start to reverse engineer a bit quicker. So I think this also opens up the realm of, have we been getting help for the last 100 years? Has our technological revolution really been all natural? Or have we been slowly being dripped in technology to the public from reverse engineering programs? And I think I'll leave that up to the audience and for you to decide.
1: Yeah, I still think no scientist is so valuable that the U.S. intelligence community Or US military would unveil or risk unveiling a technology this monumental, right? Like if you can teleport, you know, anybody anywhere in the world within seconds, you would use it for other more consequential things. Right. If you were worried about them getting to China, you just let the plane crash. Or you might engineer the fire on the flight with the lithium-ion batteries to make it crash. And then you're observing you have things in the area to make sure the crash happens. And then you capture this phenomena and you're still going to want to cover it up because how are you going to explain that this thing never crashed? It was taken away. Now there in the lore in the literature there is or there are stories or anecdotes about massive Calamities that have happened where the people, for our intents and purposes, are gone, they're dead, but they're sometimes, again, I'm not saying this is real or true, but these are all stories, obviously, but they're taken away, they're whisked away and given a second chance somewhere else by some non human intelligence. This looks like something like that to me because the leap I can't make, like we've had superconductors for a while, right? Now, not room temperature superconductors, but superconductors in fact there's a company called american superconductor that in my capacity when i worked a wall street job i used to cover them as an equity analyst now it's still highly theoretical but the place where i have the difficulty leaping is that we somehow not only discovered or figured out how to make room temperature semiconductors work that's credible right and just didn't share it with the public But also that we're able to figure out how to create a three-dimensional or multi-dimensional foam around an aircraft that serves as a shell or a a Bose-Einstein condensate. And then we're able to create AI to a level that we're precisely able to calibrate the macro decoherence Mm -hmm. of a particular object. At the same time, when none of this stuff, or very little of this stuff, at the top schools in the world, right, couldn't really make happen. And look, I've been in the military. Now, granted, I've been in the military that probably has the least advanced stuff, but we ain't that advanced. (laughs) Yeah, like I was using off-the-shelf GPS technology because it was better. (laughs) Than the technology I had in the army now it's the army now the air force may have other things but Mm -hmm. uh, again my guess is they saw that these scientists were heading to China and the intelligence community may have tried to influence others to prevent this flight because of the risk because it sounds like freescale semiconductor had some plants in china right when 2014 yeah. everybody does probably probably yeah, heading yeah. some yeah they were heading to, and why were they heading to beijing that's also weird you would think they would head to like well maybe for a connecting flight to shenzhen yeah. or something like that yeah. but that would be a perfect opportunity for the chinese government to and were many of them chinese nationals
0: so, eight of the semiconductor scientists were Chinese nationals and 12 of them were Malaysian nationals, actually, interestingly enough. But yeah, quite a few of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, the US government would have every incentive in the world to set that thing on fire. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, I, again, I'm, I know this is not the narrative that you're presenting, but. If the videos are real, and I, again, I have no way of proving it. Like I have to trust what you said, and I'm sure I can go and and do the research and the audience should do that if they want to get more into this. But if those videos are real, we may have been caught with our pants down, assassinating scientists or attempting to. And then the phenomena kind of comes in and makes them go poof. And none of that we want out
0: there. That's the main argument. Anyway, that's that, that, yeah.
1: that's my that's my counter-narrative. Have no, you heard that one fine. before?
0: No, I no, I think a lot of people are on the Don human intelligence bandwagon. I think the issue there is either the U.S. government got extremely lucky randomly filming this plane with the most highly advanced cameras for intelligence purposes and the satellite in the right location at the right time, or it was planned out. And I think you have to kind of decide what side of the scale you're on there. Like, did we just get really lucky when we were filming it? And
1: No, no, no. No, no, again, if... If we wanted to take these scientists out, we wouldn't just set a fire and just let it go. Like we, these people are super anal retentive, right? You want to make sure it goes down. You want to make sure it hits the water, right? Yeah. You want to make sure you control the narrative. You want to make sure you have recovery crews to make awesome. it look like it's supposed to look, right? That's why all the assets would be in the area. But again, I'm just kind of coming with a counter narrative.
0: That's No, definitely. So just on a uh, side note, kind of going back to the science, you know, I think that you you brought up the argument of, okay, the public science. From what I've been hearing behind the scenes from sources, etc., is that the science is kind of coming from the scientific community, but it gets hidden by the government for potentially national security reasons, which right. might be why some of the information doesn't end up getting out. And then with respect to what we need to understand the videos, I think that was a good point too, is that AI, right? In 2014, I thought AI was like something of like year 2100. But now we're in 2023 and people are using GPT every day to so- call solve complex problems. And that's what I think we're looking at here. The Sentient program is actually a very advanced AI that controls the satellites and can operationalize them on demand. It was declassified in 2012, which predates these videos by two years, which gives a very strong evidence for there already being AI in military use at the time of these videos happening. Yeah. I
1: think, for I think that's for certain. And there is certainly technology that's out there that has been classified for any number of reasons. But again, where I break with you is the decoherence, the macro decoherence thing is so far yeah. beyond even what public science is talking about. Like to your point, it's 50, maybe a hundred years because I think at this point you'd have to be manipulating
0: works right well, turning fermions For- the into bosons but in fact that just mm. came out just a couple weeks ago so i think you'd be surprised at how much of this information i mean the only reason why i know about all this is because i've just been following it in science communities as well and online and it does seem really really advanced but surprisingly enough there are papers out there that show they've been able to macroscopically decohere enough atoms that are grouped together that you can see it in a microscope they've been able to show that you can slow light down they've been shown that you can s- trap light and release it later on so, yeah, to do it to a 777, that's a whole another level, right? Right,
1: human beings. You like, well, would think they would there. do it to, like, at this point, you, I mean, it's almost 10 years later, you'd think we'd be able to do it to, like, a cup, right, right. or some liquid or something like that. But that's like what that. people so, are is to
0: like Maybe there's a reason they're doing it to an airplane. Like Maybe the object has to be in, like, air, as opposed to on the ground, in the water, because you see that we're circling the plane with this, right? We're creating this black hole that's a 3d effect all the way around it so maybe that's a requirement like i don't know that this technology is unlimited maybe there are requirements maybe there are prerequisites in order to get it to work correctly so it could also be
1: you're talking about macro decoherence yeah it could also be a wormhole too like again i don't know is is there a reason to believe it couldn't be a wormhole i haven't obviously delved into Um, science
0: no, I think just from looking at the science, I mean, there, actually, I was, what I was going to bring up next is there's three wormhole papers that you can find in this popular mechanics article. And I read all three of the actual scientific papers. I don't like to just read the blurb about them. And one of them argues that you don't need exotic matter to create a wormhole. The second one argues that humans, they'd be humanly traversable, meaning that you're not going to get ripped apart by the gravitational forces of going through the wormhole. And the third one argues that you could create a double-sided shell around an object to allow an entire object to traverse through it safely. Which I thought was very interesting. So theoretically, physics do support the idea of wormholes. Now, what I think we're seeing here is a little bit more complex. We were just talking about quite extensively. But that's kind of how, yeah, sure. You know, it's we're already talking to the point where this science is so advanced. I, I can't say 100 percent certain it's a wormhole versus well, this. Right. Look, you, you
1: and me are just you you and me are just having like a yeah. very logical argument, yeah. right? Where we have look, I don't have any skin in the game. I'm just yeah. The only thing I bring to the table in this case is having kind of a military background and understanding military motivations. And would we let some advanced technology from a U.S. Mm-hmm. company be sent over to China? Would yeah. we shoot down an aircraft? Hundred percent.
0: And there's your like motive, no hesitation, think, right? It's like the, the technology it, to me is the, the technology is the motive. It can't be about money. Money's just not big enough. Even cargo is like
1: yeah, this is hundred percent. I mean, but this is a yeah. national security. Yeah. Like if you're talking about room temperature semiconductors, or whatever, there might have been something else. It might have been the chips to show that this
0: video, but in a sec, go ahead.
1: Keep going. Yeah, there might have been some encryption chip or something like that. They, I, Again, I'm just making this up that Freescale yeah. Semiconductor had. And if we suspected that these people, I mean, they're heading to Beijing. That's a weird place to land. Yeah. But you better believe we would do something to prevent that, and yeah. it wouldn't be in the open because. You take down Chinese nationals, right? You're at risk of causing a major global war. Absolutely. So how do you do it? By the way, have you ever figured out why there were all these lithium
0: ion batteries on board? No, but we're digging into that, too. These batteries, looking at them, might not be normal lithium ion batteries, too. They might be very large ones for military use, which is pretty interesting as well. But
1: Yeah, why would they, they even be technology. on the plane?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like Maybe just people didn't know how risky and dangerous they were before 2014. You know, it wasn't until 2015 that the FAA outlawed them, but a lot of that's given the
1: pushback you have. I think they, they knew exactly whoever put them on there. What there those could be a reason do.
0: too. Those could like lithium yeah. six is one of the things that can turn into Bose Einstein condensate when you super cool it. I mean, there's even mm-hmm. a possibility in an angle where those are a catalyst, where those are an requirement for this to all happen. So there's still so much unknown. And that's, what's great about this story is that, You know, going back to what you were saying before, from when the plane goes dark, is like: did the fire spontaneously start with these batteries, or was there something that more nefarious espionage at play? And then, yeah,
1: it it feels it feels to me like because you're starting to get really weird pushback, right?
0: Yeah, we we, talk about that in a sec, but I want to show this video because that's cool because I think room temperature superconductivity is pretty amazing. And we look at this video here, what we're seeing is flux pinning happen. I mean, this is a rock that's floating at room temperature. Mm -hmm freely suspended with the magnet on the side of it, right? And even though they move this around, this rock is staying still. Flux pinning is the idea that there's particles in here that are superconductive and some that aren't. And what that does is it makes it so that it doesn't go and stick to the magnet automatically, that some of the magnetism is flowing directly through the rock and some is trying to flow around it. And with that happening simultaneously, it gets it stuck in space and time Mm -hmm. just like this. And that's why they have this ring going around and showing but there's no string there, right? Keeping it in place. This is su- essentially the r- prerequisite for superconductivity. Is that, And you need to have the Meissner effect, which is what we're seeing. They, they throw a regular thing on here to show you this isn't a trick. That's actually a magnet right there. That this should be sticking to it. And they can pull it off and then it doesn't go and attract right back to it. So to me, a lot of people want to dismiss LK-99, but even if LK-99 is not the exact secret recipe, somebody's got the secret recipe figured out is what that video tells me.
1: And to be clear, I just did a whole episode with David Morehouse Mm -hmm. on this. Like, If there's a project that goes into the gray, will go into the gray for a brief period of time. And if you see something like that and, and they suddenly have a study that debunks it like almost immediately that's paid for by somebody, by some unknown agency... That's sometimes done intentionally so that that project can go back into the black. And everybody says, like, they weren't able to replicate it in the lab, so I'm not going to waste my time. Because every time some of these things come out, every scientist in the world, right, they have a ton of projects that they're working on. They don't just say, oh, this paper just came out. It's just amazing. Let me go and replicate it. No, they got to be paid to do it. They have to have a reason to make money. And sometimes what the intelligence community is, they'll just pay and the scientists might be completely above board, but they'll give them advice on how to conduct that experiment such that there's one key variable that they don't replicate properly. They might use wood instead of steel or whatever. I'm just making something yeah, up yeah. so that the experiment fails. And the experiment, of course, it's going to fail because you use the right materials. But it's, right. Very yeah. it's very subtle. It's very subtle in how you kill off some of these potentially illuminating projects. That's so a good segue could,
0: into the other thing we want to talk about. It
1: could be LK99. I'm not saying it is. But, you know, I have no reason to know either way.
0: Yeah, interesting. Okay, so did you want to chat about our other situation around that, that's similar to that, that we were going to show? Yeah, let's, let's
1: talk about, so one of the things that interested me about your case was how people in the community reacted to it. And for some citizen on the street, the reaction didn't really compute. I mean, you might even be able yeah. to demonstrate it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think I would just kind of explain first is that I can't understand why anyone would be against what I'm kind of disclosing here. And I've been really honest and open about my whole... Well,
1: so, like, Look, I'm just trying to get to the truth. I don't yeah. really care how I get there. I just want to know what the truth is. Yeah. And that's it. And I want my audience to be able to come to their own conclusion based on these discussions. And that's why you're on. Because I don't know. Right? Like, These videos are compelling, but... You know, could they be a deliberate attempt at misinformation or disinformation? Yeah, of course. Do I think that's a high probability? No, because there's no real incentive for the intelligence community to do anything like that in this particular case. In fact, they have every reason to cover it up based on both our narratives. Again, I just proposed a separate narrative. I have no skin in the game on that, but something like that would be so volatile that People might kill people to keep secret.
0: Yeah. Initially, the first week I was disclosing these and I was sure they were real. I was actually pretty worried about my personal safety. But then very quickly, I kind of realized I don't think that's the way you would do it. Right. Is that.
1: In, no, in if, you, if, you, if you disappeared, it would add more cre- credence to it. Exactly. So what they see. would try to do is discredit you personally. In order to do that, they would have to separate you from the story.
0: And I thought about that a lot, too. And that's the reason why I waited so long to reveal myself, because I knew that the moment I revealed myself. They would try to discredit me, and boy, did the attacks come quickly and hard. And I'm under the opinion now that there is actually a coordinated group that is actually trying to discredit me actively on a daily basis. And if I go ahead and share this video here that was posted yesterday by somebody who's been cataloging this particular group, yeah,
1: let's try to avoid names though, if we can, right? Because I don't want to dox anybody. To
0: separate him and the MH370 videos, so it's only leading to a bad place. Okay, plagiarizing.
1: Yeah. Straight up. He's he's going, and now he's getting publicity. So I don't know if the followers are fake, but he's getting publicity. He's going on some pretty decent podcasts who are not doing their homework. So I think if there's one thing that we can do as a community is make it be known that Ashton does not own the MH370 topic. And if it's every real point, and, the, and he gets taken he down... Gets The whole fucking video is fucked. like we can't we'll never be able to get to the bottom of it because of him So we have to separate Ashton from that video. That's just my
0: opinion All right, yeah, great points and I agree let's go to Yeah, I I agree with that Gary had to say though he said that um, he's never
1: done a space where he's gotten gotten more than 25 followers uh i the the most i've ever gained in a night was 78 and
0: that was a big fucking space don't get it. yeah you and me both i mean if you listen to that that's pretty alarming stuff i read that and i was taken aback you know i expected pushback but expecting a coordinated group of people to quote unquote try to separate me from the mh370 videos like, aren't we all trying to achieve the same thing here or yeah, just
1: trying to figure things out? Like accusations of plagiarism. Like what book did you plagiarize? There's no That's, book. It's
0: all like, publicly no... available information. It's all online on social media. Like well, blows me away that people are trying to make all these weird, false claims about stealing people's work and how podcasters haven't done their homework. Like every single podcast, every single thing I've been on, I've been a hundred percent honest and open with people that's the reason why I'm going on bigger and bigger shows is that people see that they know I'm an honest person, you know? So that kind of stuff kind of scares me a little bit, makes me wonder like what's going on behind the scenes here to make people act that way. I mean, even yeah, the name
1: what, I mean, what is do you, th- yeah. What do you think is,
0: yeah, it's hard to say, you know, like I think the obvious thing that people would say from a conspiratorial angle is like, are these people controlled by the intelligence community to try to quiet this I don't like to jump right into that. I like to think that right. more there's just people that are disaffected, that there's a combination of jealousy and maybe feeling threatened in some, some degree. I'm somebody that just came on the scene out of nowhere like several weeks ago, right? And now I'm out here saying that we've got UAP disclosure or we can prove reverse engineering programs are out there. But I've seen massive censorship across social media. And the type of discrediting that they've gone to is vile. Like, I've had people posting my stuff on Reddit and then the moderators tagging it as potential scammer, which is completely baseless. I had even those people there that were talking. They posted fake GoFundMe's, impersonating me, trying to claim that these fundraisers were by me. And then they were posting them, claiming that I was doing them. They were the ones who made them. Like, literally, this is like the playbook, not of people who are just jealous, but like something more nefarious, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and something more sophisticated than disaffected citizens.
0: It's a lot of projection too. Like everything they're saying there about bots, like that's what they're doing. Like that's the sad part. As you look and I we've already been proven that they were using bots to promote fake content and hatred towards me. I've never used bots. I have never done any of the things that they have claimed about me unequivocally. So everything that they do is generally just projection.
1: Well, I'm not going to comment on. you know these people because i don't know them i haven't really interacted with many of them looking at it from a just very dispassionate angle the reaction doesn't make sense right so just because you're proposing a theory why would that result in never getting to the bottom of a i mean wouldn't that spur more discussion wouldn't that force some of those people to come up with alternative arguments like look i came up with an alternative argument in five minutes and i don't have any animus toward you or like i'm just trying to figure out what's going on if my theory is completely wrong so what right i have no way of like figuring that out but just the level of kind of this collusion in the background doesn't make sense to me in any way shape or form unless you wanted to bury this story and why would you want to bury this story? Well, there's one or two aspects to it, right? One aspect, if we go with your story, is we are thousands of years more advanced. I mean, that's not what you're saying. You're saying 50 to 100 years. But in my I opinion, thousands that. of years more advanced than we think we are. Yeah. Or you go with my story, like we engage in some, some nasty business in order to preserve our national security. I don't disagree with it, to be honest, right? Like if you have some scientists that are stealing our stuff and taking it to our enemy, I mean, you can't shoot down a plane because there's people who are innocent on there, but you're going to do what you need to do. And that's not something that anybody in the U.S. military would want getting out there because you risk a confrontation with China. Additionally, you have... This super advanced technology where these people just disappear, which would be the second thing to hide, which would be the existence of non-human intelligences that are far beyond our capacity to to understand. Now, either one could be complete garbage, right? They're just theories. They're just theories. So either one, though, you would have an incentive to cover it up as government, quasi-government, corporate, whatever. And this is a common technique that people will use. They'll isolate an individual. And by the way, I've interviewed a guy who consults people like you who start experiencing this sort of harassment, right? Where they'll go into a bar. Somebody will just say, oh, yeah, I heard you're working on this, this, and this, right? Particularly civilian scientists. Hmm. And then that's it. And then next thing you know, they start having really weird Havana-like syndrome from high-powered microwave devices and stuff like that. So I don't know if a corporation's doing that. I don't know if the U.S. government's doing that. I don't know if a foreign government's doing that. I'm not ascribing any blame on anybody, but this is some of the stuff that you do. To, so that's scary. Even, even if you look at all the color revolutions, mm-hmm. right? A lot of these techniques were developed by the political activities division within the Special Activity Center in the CIA. Right. Where they again, I have no evidence to suggest that they caused all these revolutions, but, you know, you use all sorts of technology. They create bot farms. You use bots to I mean, our adversaries are doing that on Twitter. Right. So the Chinese, the Russians. So a lot of these techniques are common tradecraft that might be used to silence
0: somebody. Yeah, I think from your point of view there, too, is like, you know, if you're somebody who's a lot of these people are UFO disclosure advocates, at least they claim to be, wouldn't you come up with the scenario that you just came up with, right? You've done more of trying to develop a story than I think any of those people we just heard from have. And you did it in five minutes, right? And you took the same evidence that I was presenting and just came up with your own story for it, which if you listen to all my podcast spaces that I've done, which at this point, there's well over 20, 25 of them. I've always been consistent about that. Feel free to take the evidence that I've presented forward and come up with your own story. And you just did that as well. We had a conversation about it. We don't have to agree on every finer point. Yeah,
1: and I didn't attack you. I didn't attack you, right?
0: Yeah, like I, I mean, just, you just to take the subject from me, <laughs> you know? Right.
1: I just negotiated the evidence, right, or exactly. looked at the evidence and came up with a plausible conclusion. Am I wedded to it? Absolutely not. Right. I came up with it right. in five minutes. Right. And you know, nor should any of us. Like we should all be focused on just trying to get to the truth. And if the government has to resort to these sorts of things, maybe they're doing something wrong.
0: Exactly. Right.
1: I mean, just let people know we're not alone for Christ's sake. Seriously. Right. Or that we have technology that could revolutionize our society. Like, why are we holding it back? So either way, just do the right thing, guys, just do the right
0: thing. I think one leads to the other too. Right. So even if you're right or I'm right, like to me, one leads to the other either way. Right. Non-human intelligence leads to the technology. Technology lead is from the non intelligence. You know, we're both on the same goal here of trying to get to this right. disclosure, which right. is what I think we want is true disclosure. That's what I've always been advocating for. I think that when you look and interact with these people, you look in their comments, you'll see they're not trying to solve the case. They're trying to discredit every piece that you out. Right. You can't know this or that can't be right, but they won't actually attack the evidence. They just attack the person, right? And that's now, prior
1: very- to this call, you told me something else that also kind of raised yeah. my alarm. And again, I'm going to blur all that information for a very good reason. But some of these people kind of in your own research, if you could give me kind of like a personality profile of several of these people, right? Of a personality composite. What would you say the most common themes are? Because this is important.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to be careful here, what I say, but you know, I think that if you there's some nefarious elements to a lot of these people's backgrounds, probably, right? Is that they're the types of people that could be easily swayed by a third party that were to come in. But to be
1: clear, by nefarious background, you mean criminal records?
0: Yeah, potential criminal records, and that they are already exposed to the various communities that they would be sowing division in, right? So a lot of what it is, it seems like it's divide and conquer. It's coming to pretending to be your friend, exploiting people's biases, exploiting people's weak points. And I've seen a lot of that being in a lot of these spaces where it's a lot of repeat people who are just unscrupulous in general. And it definitely makes me wonder whether or not they could be turned or they could be influenced to a degree where they then kind of act the way that we're seeing.
1: Yeah, I would just tread very carefully at this point. Yeah, like I said, if any one of those people wants to present a credible counter narrative, I'm happy to talk to anybody, right? Right. It's easy to shoot somebody else down. It's much harder to kind of build your own case. So I'll talk to anybody, right? So,
0: And to me, we're trying to build a community that's better than the internet. I've watched the internet as I've kind of grown up and as it's matured. And I think it's reached a point where now it's just extremely toxic. It's just nonstop people trying to cut each other down at every moment. And part of the reason why I block so many people is because I don't want that in my replies. If people want to do that, do that in your own replies, in your own communities that you're fostering. I want a community of people that are trying to solve mysteries. They're trying to get to the answers. We don't have to agree on everything, but let's at least do it from a constructive perspective instead of a, a destructive one. Right. And that's why a lot of people you'll find, too, that they complain about being blocked by me. Right. That's just me showing you the door. Let's say, sorry, you're not welcome in my house. Right. Right. And so uh, to me, that's not something I'm going to stop doing. You know, as I think that if people want to not have that happen to them, then they should act like adults. Right. Even though it's on the internet, we have anonymity. Let's still act like adults. Right.
1: Yeah. It's the conspiracy to separate you from the topic, is, it only makes sense to me in one context. And yeah. I guess uh, uh, here we are. So what's next for this? It it sounded like you were going to go and try to figure out what the provenance of the yeah, you want claim to that? that there, yeah, that there lithium ion batteries on oh.
0: board. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to actually go talk about the leaker. You want to talk about the leaker a little bit? Because really, I think there's. Oh yeah.
1: Well, really quick, really. Qu- yeah, really quick on the lithium ion batteries. Like you just mentioned you're going to go and try to figure out what the source of that was and try to understand where
0: yeah, that. yeah, I've talked to a lot of people about it. Our whole investigative team is digging into the cargo. We've got multiple people looking at it, trying to determine is there anything unusual about these lithium ion batteries. Like the newest information that's coming out now is we're wondering if these were not normal lithium ion batteries, but potentially ones that were used for military equipment, potentially a bunch of larger ones as well that might have been much more prone to fires and defects in them. So it's hard to figure out because it's like the manifest of where they were located might not be accurate to when they were put on the plane. It's probably more the type of thing that happens and like okay, whatever order the stuff gets put on the plane, that's where we put them in the cargo bays, right? Sure, there's an official you, location, but you know it's hard. Have,
1: to. You, have you been able to get a copy of the manifest?
0: We have all of it. Yeah, we've got the cargo manifest. We can see the waybills of all the equipment as well. So that's why we're digging into that. And I've even read Florence Changi's book, who's looked into it significantly as well. And you know, without I don't want to speak for her, but i'd say that the question there is is all this cargo really accurate especially the stuff about these mangosteens like is that really what was in there or is there something what are are mangosteens they're a fruit and they apparently were out of season but somehow there's thousands of pounds of them Hmm. in this plane so there's a lot of questions about it but again i like to run with stuff where we've got really well verified embedded so we're probably going to wait on that and again I don't know how important it is, other than to really help establish the motive and try to figure out like exactly what the mystery was at seventeen twenty one in terms of how these ignited. Could very well have just been chance, right? The the plane got really Mm -hmm. hot in there next to the rear wells, and these things were too close. It could be something more nefarious as well. End of the day, I think we've got a comprehensive story where we can see the picture now, and now we're just kind of filling in a couple of missing pieces that are left at this point. That yeah, they're significant, but at the end of the day, I think we can prove now that the U.S. government had eyes on Malaysian Airlines Flight three seventy. If you add the satellites in the right spot, we can show there's no chance this plane crashing into the South Indian Ocean, which completely destroys the myth of this pilot suicide snare they've tried to develop. And then the rest is, okay, well, what was the real motivation then? Was this non-human intelligence that was going on and we just caught it at the right time, that we were looking at it and we got the, this great video? Or was this something that really was an operation and they're hiding this technology? And again, to me, I don't care which it is. At this point, like it's a win on either way, as long as the government comes out and says, oh yeah, that was MH370 and we lied about it. That'd be an absolute win for me, regardless.
1: Let's talk about the leaker.
0: So how this came about is I was digging around and what I realized is from, we have a really good psychological profile of this person from looking at these videos. We can see they've cropped all this information out. They have removed the HUD data. They've colorized this thermal they added these satellite coordinates. They really want us to be able to solve the mystery. They potentially didn't want to damage the U.S. government. They were not a spy because they didn't just give it to China or Russia. They put it on the Internet, right? Or they handed it off to somebody who would put it on the Internet.
1: That told me this. Would- to be fair, that's almost as bad as giving it to China <laughs> Almost as bad.
0: And I mean, that's why I think they came down hard on this person. And then maybe they realized after the fact. And I also think they had an emotional reaction, right? They potentially saw it and had the same kind of reaction you or I did, which is, what the hell? Like, is this non-human intelligence? Is this our tech? No one's going to ever be able to figure this out unless we release this information. Which told me that this person is potentially a patriot that had an emotional reaction. They might have even been there on an airplane watching this happen in real time, just based on the time frame that we see. And so I said, okay, I was sitting there thinking one night, I was going, I wonder if we can figure out who this person is. First thing I realized is that you can't hide charges like this unless you're in martial law. Unless you're in martial law, you can't hide these types of charges. So this person had to be out there somewhere. So I go through all the Wikipedia sites of all the people who have been charged. There actually isn't that many between espionage, willful retention of classified data, willful retention of national security information. And it actually took me several weeks because it wasn't very easy to find. And I started doing date range searches to really try to narrow it down. I thought it would have to take probably about a year or so for them to charge the person just because government's not that quick, even though we already knew it was a Citrix session. So they definitely got caught because that's logged, right? They're going to be able to figure right. out, okay, who is the person at the right time? Right. And then I come across this guy, Lieutenant Commander Edward C. Lynn. And this guy immediately, my spider sense is going off when I start reading. The first thing I read is this guy's got experience in signals intelligence, SIGINT. That's the exact systems that we're talking about. Remember, SIGINT payload hits the MQ-1C Gray Eagle in Google on the first hit. This US Navy Lockheed Martin Aries Three, one of the capabilities of this plane is it has real-time video playback on it. So theoretically, this is the system, the airplane, and KT saw another plane in addition to that glowing orange plane, two other planes that had navigation lights in the sky. The French dad was told that it was two AWACS that were in the area and that the U.S. government knew exactly what happened to this plane. This guy could have potentially been there on one of these planes at the exact time. He was arrested on September 11th, 2015, which is a little bit over a year afterwards. The FBI tried to run a sting operation on him. I think they had him sleep with this woman and try to have her, like, give her classified information so that they could prove that he was a spy. The whole spy narrative ended up breaking down. They tried to charge him with espionage and charges that would result in life in prison. So they went at him with everything. This was the first major incident of espionage by an active duty member in the Navy since the end of the Cold War. We're talking 50 years, 40 years since the last person was charged like this. This whole charge sheet, which we found it, heavily redacted. I think I actually have it down here, in fact. Yeah, here it is. Look at all the redactions on it. Every date is redacted off here. Every name is redacted. And the dates being redacted is the weird thing to me. Because there's essentially two charges that end up sticking to this guy. And I imagine if you looked at those dates, they're going to indicate very closely the videos that we saw in the dates that we saw in those videos. But that's just my speculation based on what we see here. Now... In addition to that, Signals Intelligence is mentioned in these various articles dozens of times. There was growing doubt, and one of them was about, one of these articles was like the weird case of Edward C. Lin. And it said, there's basically growing doubt whether or not they could prove that he was a spy. He came from Taiwanese descent, and he was American naturalized. He spent 17 years in the Navy. He actually worked with nuclear weapons, etc. So they gave this guy the highest levels of trust. He had an extremely high level of clearance, top secret, with compartmentalized information, with access to the Navy's Black Project Program portfolio. They were worried that his knowledge would be extremely useful to potential adversaries. This squad that he was a part of was called the Special Exploitation Squadron, Special Project Squadron 2. His ap- deployment, February 14th to March 2016. Remember, he was arrested in September of 2015. This is one month before the events of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. And in fact, we found a separate article recently where I did a follow-up on this, where it was talking about his case. For some reason, like, you know how they have these like pictures at the top with little blurbs on it? The picture at the top was of one of these spy planes looking for Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 of the debris. And like, why is this article related to this guy have a Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 thing in it? Just goes to show at a minimum, this happened so close to that time that people were already piecing together that this guy's job was very similar to the people that would have been looking for Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 or been there that night watching it. This is the part about this, the sting operation that they ran on him here as well. And then there's some quotes. While this didn't really turn out to be related to foreign intelligence, not really a spy case, the sentence sends a strong message to the force about safeguarding classified and sensitive material. This was the military lawyer. While it was clear that last year's sensational headlines were far from accurate, Unnamed officials said that the report that Lin was suspected of spying for Taiwan and China, despite there being no evidence in the NCS investigation that Lin ever exchanged any information with anyone from China. So they've literally had nothing on this guy when it came to espionage. Now, weirdly enough, the defense lawyer argued the classified information in question is available on the internet. That to me is pretty big tell right there. I mean, these videos were all on the internet, mm-hmm. right? How often can you say that the classified information that people leaked was actually available on the internet? Seems very rare. Most of the time, these cases, you know, it, it's not really necessarily on the internet, except for maybe that like Jack Tahereh guy recently when they had him on the Discord and he leaked that information. Now, the government came back and said, well, that doesn't mean it's declassified, pretty much, essentially, which is, you know, good counter The government's the only one who can declassify that information. In 2014, he left two flight manifests in his flight suit from a deployment that included search and rescue code names. Mm-hmm. I mean, what other incident is there in 2014 that two flight manifests are in search, and, search and rescue? I mean, this is MH370 right here. So in exchange for admitting to these lesser charges, he didn't face the charges of espionage. And essentially, he accepted responsibility for the g- charges he was actually guilty of and then agreed to work with the FBI and NCIS. He ended up taking a plea deal. He was in prison for 646 days before they ended up convicting him. During this time, I found other articles that this guy got abused. There was this goon squad that was being directed by leadership to ruffle his cell, steal some of his personal belongings that were confidential related to his lawyer, that they threw him out in the cold several times, and they abused another person as well. Like They were cracking down on this guy to make sure he never talked, in my opinion. And then he said, "I get physically ill when I think about the damage I could have caused from my actions. I'm exhausted and broken in spirit. The best thing I can do is serve as a caution and tell for others." So if we think about the psychological profile, like you just mentioned, right? He would have thought he's doing the right thing at first, right? And they convince him that he is damaging national security because Russia, China are going to. If I can figure this out with a Twitter account, then they're going to be able to figure out this and this technology as well, and theoretically now be able to reverse engineer it. So what I always like to say to Lieutenant Commander Edward C. Lynn is if you are Agent 370, which is the name I've given to the leaker, you are not a traitor. You are a hero. And we salute you. Because I personally believe that this person felt like they were doing the right thing. They felt like they were doing the right thing for the families that were never going to get answers, the pilot who was vilified, the witnesses who were discredited, and for humanity with respect to this technology, whether it be non-human intelligence, or this is the technology that we have out there. This is the capability to change the whole world. Right? So I think that that's, to me... Extremely strong evidence that the person that we were looking at here is the leaker.
1: What Where is thought? he today? Is he still in prison? Oh, he must've be out because it was what, yeah, since, exactly. Wait, nine years. So 2021. So well, it was, 2016,
0: so. 2016 it's so he got three years to, like shaved off. So he's theoretically out mm. already. And then pretty recently, like in the last few years, now I would imagine, just from looking at this, because you don't want this guy to go talk to China or somebody else afterwards, right? You need to make him kind of happy. So I imagine they would have maybe hooked him up with some kind of job that is probably related to government and military, but not in the military anymore, right? Like a contractor or something like that. Just guessing. And I hope if he's out there that he maybe becomes a whistleblower and admits the truth here. But I mean, it's it's dangerous for him. He's a plea deal, right? Not so a chance. Prison, not a chance. Right? Yeah, Yeah,
1: there's no, I mean, there's no upside for the guy, right? If he comes out and says anything.
0: Plus he already spent seven, eight years and we ignored these videos that whole time. Like imagine a psychological state of like, yeah, the whole world ignored me. And even though I tried to do the right thing, like I don't blame him for not talking, honestly. But if he were to get a pardon from the president and to get his rank reinstated, then he could talk. And that's what I want to have happen. I think the president of the United States should issue a part. I can't think of anybody else who's more deserving of a part in assuming that the technology we see in these videos is real.
1: Yeah. Well, opinion. I mean, yeah. You're a military not guy, so you
0: probably don't agree, but
1: yeah. 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 I mean, look, there, there's a bigger picture at play here that we don't know. And there are things that, on operations that we probably conduct, I don't know for sure because I have no knowledge of any such things that. They're pretty dark, like we do some pretty dark things and taking out a plane to prevent the Chinese from getting a technology that might make them the dominant power on earth to someone, it might be worth killing a bunch of innocents to prevent that reversal. And that's something that can never, ever come out because not only would there be huge outrage but it could also trigger a war with china so there's a bigger picture at play and there's bigger implications i think his heart was in the right place but that's typically why they come down so hard on people is because there's a bigger picture and you only know what your little narrow thing is i mean it's like with snowden right like i despise snowden and the reason i despise snowden is because he helped the Chinese gain access to my top secret security clearance application.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So I think our government was lenient, but every one of us now, the government has to pay for a service to protect our identities because all that stuff is out there, right? Like that government potentially has leverage on millions of people. I don't think they have any leverage in me because the you know stuff that I had in there was not spicy at all, but,
0: me <laughs> are unfortunately, but good.
1: they, you know, they had social security numbers and, and things yeah. like that. But so there are implications to these things. You could be harming people that you don't know. That said, I think our government owes us just are we alone or not? Yeah. Yes or no?
0: What I would say on the China part, though, is too is that, you know, if these videos are out there and authentic, China's already figured it out and they've reverse engineered it. Right. And that's the part where I would say, okay, maybe in 2014 or 2015, it's worth keeping quiet. But by 2023 now, if I was able to figure this out, China's intelligence figured this out probably eight years ago, right? And they've already been working on you know, reverse engineering, macroscopic decoherence, and whatever else we've been talking about, et etc. That's part of the reason why I would say that now would be the time where we can potentially admit this. Now, you're right. The geopolitical implications are huge. But if China figured it out, interestingly enough, this is something I used to talk about a lot before, was that... We actually didn't have as bad a relations with China before this. And it, this may have been the inflection point where relations really fell apart in the Obama era. And that's just my personal opinion, but I think that might be kind of interesting if they knew or figured it out.
1: I think they started falling apart during the Trump administration and it was related almost entirely to the tariffs. Again, I'm not you know, an apologist for Trump. I'm also not yeah. you know, I also am not a Trump derangement syndrome. Suffer, well, I'm right? i just, now
0: these days myself, just from everything I've been dealing with and seeing. It's-
1: oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm with you. I think, yeah, I think it's all a game. I, th- I think it's yeah. all, a, I think it's all like a, a farce. It's a play, and I think there are deeper forces. The permanent bureaucracy runs the country, right? Because they're there longer, they know where everything is. Yeah, the presidents are and temporary employees. That's right. And it's both a comfort and a, mm-hmm. a concern. Right. A comfort in the sense that could you imagine if these politicians were really running things? I mean, it would be an absolute disaster. I mean, it already is a disaster, but it's also a concern because you operate in the darkness. You essentially gain absolute power. So. Like I said, I have mixed feelings about it, but yeah, like people like Snowden, like. Other people suffer consequences because of of actions that they did. So. I'm not ready to throw the book at lynn but i would put him in the right intent but misguided actions as a result he didn't consider the bigger picture yeah. anyway that's my view
0: yeah i just saw a picture right now where uh, somebody is falsely claiming to have done a background check on me and falsely claiming that i was accused of sexual assault in a background check which is of course objectively wrong because that would have shown up right. in my security clearance and i would have obviously not got a clearance if that was the case but this is the level of these people that we just were talking about are stooping to. They're just literally making up false allegations like this, which to me is honestly just criminal at that point.
1: Yeah. because You're getting into defamation at this point. So anyway, yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. I enjoy talking and speculating about some of these topics. I appreciate you, Ashton. Thanks for digging into this. And you're just taking the data that's out there that's not copyrighted or plagiarized. It's just out in the... You can request data. You're just doing kind of the investigative journalistic work that very few people do nowadays. So I appreciate you. And thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on,
0: Sean. Appreciate it. It was a good talk. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye.
1: If you enjoyed today's video, please hit like and subscribe. And also hit the notification button so you can be notified whenever I post new content. Thank you. Now, if you're enjoying the channel and you want to support it, there are several things you can do. In fact, there are five things you can do. The first thing you can do is just buy my books. I got plenty of books out in the market right now, and I would prefer that folks buy a book rather than giving me direct support because they get something out of it. They get a real tangible product. The second way you can support me is by becoming a member on YouTube or becoming a patron on Patreon and just go to either site and it'll explain everything. you can support the channel is by checking out my merch site which is here there's plenty of stuff that you can get to support the channel and i'd appreciate that you you have it and can wear it not only do you help support the channel but you also help promote the channel and i appreciate that the fourth way that you can support the channel and this is really easy is anytime you want to buy something on amazon literally just go to the description below and click on any link literally any link the channel gets a cut of that and it costs you no extra money. You just go through the link as I'm part of the Amazon Affiliates program. The fifth and final way you can support the channel is through donations. Now, I don't prefer these because it's more of a expression of gratitude, but you don't really get anything out of it as a subscriber in the channel. However, if you decide to do these options, there's two options. There's Buy Me A Coffee, which is a separate site. And there's also, you can go through YouTube with either a Super Chat, Super Sticker, or a Super Thanks. Again, I prefer Buy Me A Coffee because that organization takes less money than Amazon does. But either way, I appreciate any support you are willing to give the channel. So thank you very much and keep watching. I really appreciate it.